1: My guest today is head coach Joel Osborne. He leads the Ravens of Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. A head football coach in his third year at the NAIA division level. We'll talk a little bit about uh, life on the gridiron, but how faith motivates him to be the man he is today. Coach, it's so great to have you on. I appreciate you having me on, Ron. Well, let's talk about your upbringing in Iowa. I know your dad, Mitch, who was a, one of the best boys basketball coach in the state's history, um, guided you, so you had a good mentor, not only as a father, but also to see how he coached as well, and you are you were a, a top-notch dual-sport athlete, both in football and basketball, but just talk about your upbringing and being introduced to sports in general.
2: Yeah, both my parents had a, a big impact on me with sports. Um, dad was our, our coach growing up and, and uh, always coached us in basketball. when We were little and then he was always the head varsity basketball coach. So we were his water boy, ball boys. We would go to practice with him. And then mom, uh, she played college basketball at the College of St. Mary in Omaha and was a really good basketball player, averaged about 36 points a game when, when she's a senior in high school. So mom would always be playing with us in the yard and, and the dad was extremely hard worker and and uh, we definitely got it from both of our parents.
1: Now, I know your high school football coach is a legendary coach. And uh, you were the quarterback, so you had a, a high skill set at that position, which took you to playing in college. But just talk about your high school career, you both in uh, basketball and football. And uh, I, th- I would think at that time, you knew you had some talent and you might want to take it to the next level.
2: Yeah, so I was fortunate to play for Hall of Fame coaches in four sports, um, coach Kurt Blatt, is a legendary coach 44 years as the head coach in Harlan community 30 state semifinal appearances 20 state championship appearances and 12 titles Mm. um and uh you know i I think i was at at that time i was the first quarterback to start for him as a sophomore and uh we didn't throw a lot we were more ground and pound and uh you know as i got older he let let the offense open up a little bit more and uh you know, we, we ended up winning a state championship my senior year in a classic game at the Dome. And uh, he was a great man to play for. I still still talk to him every once in a while. And when I'm, you know, need some advice, I just want to catch up with him. And his son, Todd,'s done a great job taking over the program. And then was able to play for my dad in basketball. And uh, we were able to win a state championship in basketball as well. And, uh, you know, there's quite a few of us that, that played multiple sports. Um, and, and we were very successful. Our junior and senior year, um, our junior year leading into those football and basketball seasons, we won a state title in track in the spring, mm-hmm. and then we won a state title in baseball in the summer. So we won four in 10 months, wow. and uh, it was quite the run we we were on. They called it the Cyclone Slam, and um, <laughs> all, all four of our coaches are Hall of Fame coaches uh, in the Iowa Hall of Fame. So we were very fortunate to play for those guys.
1: Blessed to play, Ron Meyer chatting today with Joel Osborne. He's the head coach. Football for the Benedictine College of Ravens, right there in Atchison, Kansas. Uh, well, you know, you have it. You're an interesting athlete, Joel, in the sense you're you went to Northwestern uh, Missouri, Northwest Missouri State University, I should say, and you were a dual sport athlete, both in football and basketball. So, just talk about that. You don't hear that much anymore, uh, especially at the collegiate level. Uh, playing two sports, but um, did you, when you went in, did you just say, I'm going to handle both of these equally, or is there one sport that you focused on more?
2: Well, I went there on a football scholarship, and I was a walk-on to the basketball program, and, and I did that by design, so then if I had any type of conflict, I would go to football, mm-hmm. and uh, coach Coach uh, Churchma, uh, another Hall of Fame coach I got to play for, in football, and the coach Tapmeyer, a Hall of Fame coach in basketball as well, so um, both were great guys, great coaches, hard-nosed, um, ran great programs, very disciplined, and gave me the opportunity to do both sports in college, which is rare. Mm-hmm. I did that for two years, and, uh, you know, it, it, it came a point in time where I had to kind of pick one, and I chose football as I was competing for the starting quarterback job, so, which probably surprised some people because I did play um, about 20 minutes a game as a freshman in basketball so and and contributed significantly, and, uh, you know, in football, I was trying to get on the field, and, and what was interesting was I didn't get on the field. I chose football and I became the backup, so I had to wait my turn. And uh, but it was it taught me a lot about perseverance and you know overcoming obstacles. And when you don't get what you want, you you, you can't just run from it. You know that type of a deal. So it was a, it was an overall good experience for me because I'm able to relate to a lot of the players I coach now, and you know I can talk to them when they're going through tough
1: times. Well, you did quite well on the football side as a player for the Bearcats. You were named to the 2008 Mi. Double-A Offensive Player of the Year, along with a first-team All-MI selection. And as a two-year starter at quarterback, you finished with an overall record of 16-3, and and you got to the big game, Joel, twice, Division II National Championship Games. That's quite an accomplishment. So just talk about your uh, evolving as a quarterback. You mentioned that you didn't throw the ball a lot in high school. Did that change when you got to Northwest Missouri State?
2: Well, it changed my senior year of high school. We started to throw it more. Um, I broke the state passing record and we only passed it 18 times a game. Hmm. And so we were pretty explosive with our playmakers, but uh, we definitely passed more in college. Uh, it, it really opened my eyes to a, a new level of football in terms of spread offense and, you know, working off all parts of the field. So um, yeah, it definitely did. Uh, I played with a lot of great players when I was at Northwest, and uh, that was really. Really what it came down to was I was able to be successful because I had so many good people around me, from the coaches to the players, and uh, I was also unselfish. We had another, another quarterback, Blake Bulls, that played with me. We rotated every – he would get a rotate in every fourth series. And so statistically I wasn't as good as most conference MVPs, but uh, because of the role I played, the winning we had, Coach Churchman stood on the table for me, and, and uh, that's, that's another lesson I learned
1: uh, as well. Well, I mentioned earlier in the show that your father was obviously a great uh, basketball coach. He'd been around coaching. And uh, so when did you get the coaching bug? So I see you graduated with a master's degree at some point, and then you decided that you wanted to coach. So when did you decide you wanted to do that?
2: Yeah, so when I went to college, I, I chose to become a math education major, and I was going to go into coaching. I knew that. I just didn't know what level it would be. And uh, I remember when I got recruited, Jim Sabota, um, told me he was offense coordinator and he's like you're, he goes you may really like this he goes this may be what you want to do he kind of put a bug in my ear and then Josh Lamberson the current head coach at Central Missouri was quarterback ahead of me and you know he really increased my passion for it and then became my coach mm-hmm. and so you know then Adam Doral was offense coordinator and I really liked AD and uh, he's now the head coach at Central Oklahoma so you know I've I've had I've had guys really influence me at each progression of you know each step I was at. And, uh, I knew I wanted to coach and, uh, it turned out that I, you know, I wanted to do the college deal. So I became a graduate assistant coach churchman gave me that opportunity. And my first year I got spoiled. I coached a guy that had 95 catches and 1600 yards and 27 touchdowns. And so, you know, it was one of the, you know, it was kind of a deal where I fell in love with it and uh, we won a national title as well. And so, I got to see the rewards of working hard and your players getting what they deserve after putting in the work. So um, to me, there was no going back and not everything has not been easy by any means, but uh, that's why I chose to go to the college route.
1: Well, you got some great experience at Northwest Missouri state as a coach. And then uh, an opportunity in a lifetime uh, came to you or opened up for you. And Larry Wilcox, he was at Benedictine for, I think, uh, 42 years, so he was a legend there and uh, probably not many coaches in Benedictine history. I mean, he took up a large chunk of that uh, that time. And then he retires, and you were able to get the job at Benedictine, building on the foundation that Coach Wilcox established at Benedictine. Talk about this opportunity. Obviously, you're a young man. You're replacing a guy who's been there a long time. Talk about coming into uh, that position. Big shoes to fill obviously, but a chance of a lifetime for you.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, coach was coach was here when the program didn't exist, and they brought it back as a club sport when he was in college, and so he played on our club team and then uh, was able to get into coaching once they brought the program back and, you know, took over and did a great job building the program. We had We didn't have a football stadium when he started. We didn't have a football facility. Now we have both on our campus. Um, you know, there's multiple guys who have played at the next level for him. He's had, I mean, we've had over a hundred and now in our, our tenure as a program, this goes back to the, you know, way before him as well. We've had over 140 all Americans in our history. So, you know, it, there's just been so many good things he's done here and the lives he's impacted. Um, you know, I'm only, I just turned 38 the other day and you said he coached here for 42 years. So I haven't even been alive as long as he coached here, which is <laughs> crazy you know in terms of thinking about the amount of perseverance he had and all the you know I think about the daily struggles he would go through as a coach and you know to make sure kids are going to class doing the right thing and you know it's 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 very impressive the the tenure the long long haul that he he was able to overcome and you know I I just got a lot of respect for I have a lot of respect for him he still helps me to this day so um you know, I, I love the guy for sure. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place to be. It's, you can be successful here because you're supported by Mm -hmm. so many people, the president, the administration, our athletic director, um, our, our students, our alumni, our boosters, our local community of Atchison's great as well. So uh, you can be successful here.
1: Yeah, it's great to have Coach Wilcox to bounce things off and it, with his expertise. Plus, to play Ron Meyer, once again chatting with the Joel Osborne. He's the head coach of the Benedictine Ravens right there in Atchison, Kansas. And uh, so, Joel, now you're a CEO of the football team, and uh, I know you, had, uh, you were a coordinator at uh, Northwest Missouri State. What surprises you about being a head coach? I mean, you had to merge yourself right into the position. Any surprises?
2: Well, I think, you know, if, if you come to the office every day expecting just to do what you have on your planner, um, you're going to be surprised. <laughs> you know, there's going to be something that's going to come across your, de- your desk. Somebody's going to have some sort of problem that you're going to have to provide a solution for. Uh, somebody's going to, you know, want something from you or your program. And so, um, you know, the biggest thing that, that we talk about in our program is love and serve others, So, which means you come with the mindset of it's not about you, it's about other people you know, and, and, uh, and we're here to help other people be successful and, and to show people that you can, you can do this, you know, there's, there's ways for you to be successful. So, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing that, that I want our players to leave here. I want, I want them to learn that, you know, and to be able to um, take that and apply it to their life, wherever they're going, you know, their job, their community, their family, so their church and, uh,
1: You know, that's what we try to do. All right, let's pick up on that theme, the faith theme, uh, you know, encouraging these kids to, uh, you know, be mindful of their spirituality and to grow in it. We're going to talk with uh, Joel Osborne, the head coach of the Benedictine College Ravens, when Blessed to Play returns, right after this.
0: O God, creator of the universe, who extends your paternal concern over every creature and guides the events of history to the goal of salvation, we acknowledge your fatherly love when you break the resistance of mankind and in a world torn by strife and discord, you make us ready for reconciliation. Renew for us the wonders of your mercy. Send forth your spirit that he may work in the intimacy of hearts, that enemies may begin to dialogue, that adversaries may shake hands and peoples may encounter one another in harmony. May all commit themselves to the sincere search for true peace, which will extinguish all arguments, for charity, which overcomes hatred, for pardon, which disarms revenge. Amen.
1: Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Joel Osborne in his third season as a head football coach for the Benedictine College Ravens an NAIA Division School in Atchison, Kansas. We talked about, uh, you know, him coming into this position, taking over for a coach that was there for 42 years, and he is in his third season. In fact, uh, he's in the football grind right now, so I do appreciate him making time to come on Blessed to Play and he's number 21 in the country, uh, according to the NAIA Coaches Poll. You know, one thing I noticed about your uh, uh, your roster is that not all these kids come from Kansas or neighboring Missouri, but they're from all over the country. So talk about uh, the recruiting process and how you get these kids to come to Benedict and what you're trying to sell to them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the, the big thing that we've, we're in the heart of Division II country uh, we're in the heart of FCS country, and we're in the heart of Juco country. And then the Division ones do a really nice job here recruiting local high schools. So uh, for us to get a kid that we that that's gonna help us win a national title, um, sometimes we got to find kids who just slip through the cracks uh, for that to be a local guy. Uh, other times uh, we have to go elsewhere uh, to find the talent that can help us do that. Um so we're looking for guys that number one, you know, are good enough to play football here and help us win a national championship. Number two are good people. Number three are really good students. And so that's really what it comes down to. Um, and then from there, you know, we offer them the opportunity to grow their faith and to learn about their faith. And so the, the beautiful thing about um, Benedictine is, is we have an RCI program here, RCIA program here. And we had last year, two players convert to Catholicism, the year before, we had two players converted to Catholicism. So if you want to do that while you're here, you can. Um, but it's not, not a thing that's forced upon our kids. Um, it's, it's a thing that's kind of shown to them. And then if, if that's something they, they want to partake in, they're able to. But, you know, I, I'm a big believer that faith provides hope for a better future. Mm-hmm. Um, I was coaching at Northwest Missouri State in 2020 when we did not get to play due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And I saw what that did to the kids. I saw that what that did to the coaches. I felt what it did to myself. I uh, just, it wasn't right. Um, you know, it was, there was really no good reason for them to tell us why we couldn't play when high school was playing, division one was playing and the Iowa was playing. And so, you know, I really turned to my faith at that time. And, and that's the message I've spread to
1: people is it
2: provides hope for a better future
1: and what better way to grow your faith than right here, at Benedict. Yeah, Indeed. And in fact, your faith background, I mean, you grew up in a small uh, Catholic town, as you would describe it, Harlan in Iowa and your parents had to guide you in the Catholic faith. But talk about your upbringing and how this faith seed, so to speak, was planted in you.
2: Yeah, so we were we were always going to church. Um, you know, we I remember my dad uh, talking to me and my brothers, uh, two brothers, Kevin and Zach. Zach was pretty young when this was happening, but it was mainly me and Kevin, you know, get the dollar out of your piggy bank. You know, you're going to give your dollar to the church every Sunday. So, you know, it's just, just little things where we would go to church and then, you know, after church you, you you'd do some sort of family activity or go get some food, or, you know, brunch. Um, but uh, you know, Wednesday nights with CCD. And so, cause we didn't have, we didn't go to Catholic school, but we were very involved in the Catholic church. And uh, you know, it was a big, it was a big part of our life. I mean, my mom's uh, from a family of 10 and my, you know, my grandma and her husband Cecil who passed away, basically when I was born, raised their kids in a Catholic church. So that's really what got our family going. And then when I was, uh, you know, when I, when I was in college, I met Audrey, my, my now wife, and she converted to get to all We got engaged. And so we've, we've chosen to raise our children in the Catholic faith. And they go to school here at St. Benedict's Catholic church or St. Benedict's Catholic school. We're part of the local parish here. It's right across the street from the college. So we got three boys in school there. And then our daughter is two and a half. So, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big part of our life.
1: Yeah, I know Benedictine is a Catholic haven, so to speak. So you have a lot of good uh, reminders around you. And I know faith shapes who we are from the inside and it comes out, right? So I know part of the philosophies of your philosophy of your program is to develop character and you're, you're looking for character athletes. So talk about that in relation to faith, these type of student athletes that you're trying to find and also to develop them not only in on the football side, but character side as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think right now in our country, the big thing I talked about to recruits and their families is the number one thing we talk about is develop character is do the right thing. Mm -hmm. We're going to teach your sons to do the right thing, you know, and so that comes down to our culture. Well, what's our culture? The three things we look for in a recruit. Number one is we look for recruits that do things that take no talent. We call them TNTs. So it takes no talent to go to class, to be on time, to go to meetings, Mm -hmm. start behind the line, finish through the line, communicate when you have an issue. So if we don't trust you, you don't play. Okay, We have to trust you first. But at the same time, they got to trust us. Mm -hmm. Because if they trust us, then then they're going to fully commit to the play. And they're going to give their all. They also have to trust their teammates. So there's got to be trust throughout our program. And then the second thing we talk about, is one eleventh, which means do your job. And so everybody in football organizations got a job to do. Well, we expect you to do your job. You know, not everybody's going to call the place. I'm going to call the place. You know, not everybody can call play quarterback. You know, but if I don't have other guys doing their jobs, then I'm not a very good play caller because it ain't going to work. Um, that's an example. And then the next thing we talk about is A&E short for attitude and effort. And I believe those are the only two things we have control over. And so we're looking for guys who are positive because something's going to happen. How we respond is going to dictate the outcome. So people who are positive. Usually there's a better outcome. And so we always talk about when you come to our facility, you know, do we trust you? Do you do what you say you're going to do? And are you fun to be around? And so that right there in itself, a lot of that is character driven. On top of it, we add leadership classes that we teach our kids about um, in the offseason season. And then we allow them to be leaders. We let them draft teams and they, they get p- points um, in their teams based on community, faith, and scholarship. So the mission of our school is the education of men and women within a community, faith, and scholarship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a community, you know, we have that here. We're a residential campus where there's football community, athletic community, the Benedictine community, the Catholic community. There's all of that. Um, and then the faith component. You have faith here. It's real. Um President Minnes talks about um, right now, 80% of kids that go to college have some sort of faith-based background. When they leave, only 20% say that increased. Mm A Benedict and 90% say it increases. So we've kind of flipped that model. Um and then the last thing we talk about is scholarship, which is academics. So that that's the foundation for making good decisions, right? So there's your education piece of it. You know, there's a lot of information out there, you know what's, what's true, what's false. Well, that's, that's what you got to determine because you got to make those decisions for your family, for your job, for your community, and you you better make the right decisions. A lot of that comes back to integrity, do the right thing type of deal. So instead of, you know, quick fix, you know, what's best for the long run. So, um, you know, that's, that's the big thing we talk about here with in regards to developing character and and parents really gravitate towards that message because that's not being told to people right now right in college football recruiting it's all about nil Mm -hmm. what can you do for me instead of instead of like what type of man is my son going to be when he leaves there you know and so um that message is very strong it's very real and it's very rare right now
1: let to play Ron Meyer once again chatting with Joel Osborne. He's the head football coach at Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas. And coach, you're only three years into this position, but what you're telling me is that you're going to be forming, uh, most of your players are not going to play in the NFL, but you're forming men who are going to go out and transform the culture. And you'll be seeing the fruits of that as your tenure increases there at Benedictine. But is there any Good stories that come to mind of kids who maybe had some hardship, came to Benedictine, and then changed your life around?
2: Oh, absolutely. There's all sorts of them. I mean, so in the transition time, we had a young man uh, that coach Wilcox recruited named Solomon Wallace um, from St. Louis. Um, mom died in a car accident. Um, his grandparents took him in, didn't have any money. Uh, a family adopted him, took him in when he was in high school. He went to Lutheran North High School, which is right now a powerhouse in Missouri. And um, Coach Wilcox recruited him here, uh, gave him a scholarship and an opportunity to get a college degree. Uh, when he was here at met a ton of great people. Uh, when I got here, he was in his sophomore year. So I had him as junior, the end of his sophomore year, his junior and senior year. He graduated with a degree and is now working in Kansas City, uh, for the federal reserve. Um, so, I mean, and he did an internship in St. Louis, um, you know, to get to end up getting that job in internship in Boston, met a lot of good people out there as well. And it's all because of the opportunity he was given here at Benedict and, and, you know, him being a good person, growing his faith and, you know, really buying into what our culture is here. I mean, that's, that's a great example of one. I mean, and my first two years, we have had five players sign professional contracts to play at a higher level. Mm-hmm. One of those uh, played in preseason with the Eagles and the Vikings last this last year, Chim uh, Okrafor, for so, and he just signed with the uh, USFL with the Michigan Panthers. So it is possible for guys to play beyond here, but the percentages tell you it's you know you're not.
1: You know, one thing that came to mind is that uh, from a head coaching perspective, this there's highs and lows, right? You could lose a game, you prepare all week, and lose by three points off a game-winning field goal. Um, and you deal with the joys, too, of winning, but does your faith help to balance you out during the highs and lows of a football season? Yes. Yes.
2: And and to be honest with you, that's one of the things that, that's really difficult in my position because all of a sudden Sunday, you've got – to start getting ready for the next opponent or you've got a JV game, you know? So it's like, you're so involved in your job that sometimes it takes a back seat, but it's just a, it's a really, to be honest with you, it's every day. I try to do something with my faith every day, not just Sundays, you know? And so, um, that's something that really helps me. I do a daily devotional, uh, mm-hmm. with my coach's Bible. Um, and, uh, I try to do that before my day gets started, you know? And, and so, um, I will tell you at our church here, if you don't get there 15 minutes early, you're not getting in the door. It's, <laughs> it's impressive. So um, so when we go, we we got to make sure we get there early.
1: Yeah, sold-out liturgies, that's a good thing. And I always remember what Nick Saban said, you know, after a win or a loss, you have 24 hours to celebrate or commiserate and then you have to get back to business and get your focus well joel osborne has been our guest Uh, i really appreciate what joel's doing there at Benedictine college because he's uh, obviously pursuing excellence on the football field trying to win a championship but he's also building men of character to transform our culture and we certainly need that today coach best of luck to you i know you're in the grind as i mentioned before so i hope your season comes out with much success and thank you for taking some time to join us right here on blessed to play
2: Yeah, thanks a lot for your time, Ron. I appreciate you.
1: Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at blessedtoplay.com, blessedthenumber2play.com. You can like us on Facebook, hit us up on the platform X at Blessed to Play. For head coach Joel Osborne, I'm Ron Meyer. Thanks so much for joining us right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessed That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at wwwblessed Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for
0: Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.